My relationship with my parents is very different at this stage of life than it was in earlier years. I no longer live at home or am dependent on my parents for providing for me. And this has become a really sweet stage of our relationship where we are able to have a parent-child friendship instead of the caregiver role that previously was necessary. Now, when I go home, I covet getting to sit with my mom in our pajamas and talking over a cup of coffee in the morning, or going on a walk with my dad as he shows me his garden. We share ideas and stories and a penchant for good food, making this a fun season for all of us. And my mom tells me to soak it up, and I see how she and her siblings are in a very different season as they have become the full caregivers for my grandmother. And it's been really difficult to watch this transition. And yet this caregiving stage is an important part of the family dynamic as well. In each of these seasons, we are presented with new gifts and challenges for our relationships with our parents and our children. God's fifth commandment to the Israelites is about more than just obeying your parents or the relationship between a child and their mother or father. The commandments were written to an adult community. So our interpretation of honor your father and your mother as children obey your parents fails to encompass the depth which this commandment offers. The word honor in, the, in Hebrew means to give something its due weight or importance, to fear or to revere. And so with this in mind, we are called not to blind obedience, but rather to be in a relationship that honors and respects the dignity of those who give us life. In the times of Moses and Jesus in particular, Elder abuse and the abandonment of the elderly was a significant issue. And this is part of why caring for the widow appears so many times in Scripture. For adults to hear this commandment would have been a reminder not to abandon loved ones when they were not capable of working or producing anymore, even with limited resources. Even today, the National Council on Aging estimates that one in 10 Americans over the age of 60 have experienced some form of elder abuse. By honoring parents, we emphasize that one's life does not lose meaning with age or change in ability. We are called to support those who have led and nurtured us throughout their own lives, treating one another with dignity and full personhood, even when this becomes more difficult. And the fifth commandment is multifaceted. Protecting the most vulnerable while inviting all of us into a life of abundance through a relationship with one another and with God. Now, parenting comes in many forms through 
genetics, adoption, or even as chosen family. And we all have different relationships with those that we call our parents. Families are complicated and messy, and our relationship with one another changes over time. Children look to parents for guidance and care. Adults are independent of their parents, transforming into a more equal relationship. And then as parents get older, adult children then move to caring for them, perhaps serving as a caregiver for their parents and their own children at the same time. And so the cycle continues, an interwoven relationship between generations where we are both being brought up and raising those who follow. Parenting, by nature, comes from relationship and reciprocity. You become a parent when you have a child to care for, and all children have a parental figure. This command, then, is a guide for how to live into that relationship well. Children of all ages honor your parents. Parents of all seasons honor your children. In this, we live into the cycle of caring for one another and ensuring our mutual living. Our call, then, is to participate together in sharing the life that God offers each of us. God is our ultimate parent and life giver and wants for us to promote this in one another through honor and respect. Eugenia Gamble writes, God, in this word, asks us to honor those whom God uses to bring us to the fullness of life and not only those who bring us biological life. And we each have stories of those who raised us, teachers, ministers, family, friends, and those others who helped us become who we are. The parental term has been used culturally beyond physical parenthood. Mother Earth and Mother Nature, Father Christmas, or the mothers and fathers found in the monastic communities. At its best, a community raises its people together. Thus the phrase, it takes a village. And I give thanks that we are not alone in figuring out this life. And so it's with this understanding that Jesus asks the question, who are my mother and my brothers? Jesus is not dismissing the importance of those that we are related to, but rather expanding the family beyond a narrow understanding into the family of God. He tells us, whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. By reframing this idea of family, Jesus is inviting us to claim one another and through this, extend the familial obligations of love, respect, honor, and protection. Pastor Nick Peterson writes in his chapter in the Sandbox Revolution, Raising Kids for a Just World, 
about his own struggles with infertility and how he reshaped his understanding of parenting, family, and God in the process. His value does not come from his ability to biologically create a child, but from the capacity to extend care to those in his chosen family. And he shares, the gift of parenting is the gift of nurturing and tending. It is learning to extend care, to make space for care, and to make family through practices of care. For those of us who identify as Christian, this idea of a made family is essential to the gospel. I like the idea of the realm of God and God's reign being about kinship as opposed to kingship. Salvation as a means of kinship is about God's desire to make us a family through adoption. The kingdom of God makes space for the stranger, the orphan, the widow, the outcast, and the forsaken. God's notion of family ruptures strict boundaries and makes room for whosoever will join. The family, whether the immediate nuclear family unit or the family of God, is created as a means of caring for one another and of existing beyond our own selves. When we care for one another as an authentic family, we can share some of the light that God wants for us as a part of God's kingdom. We are saved because we are claimed as God's own, and nothing can separate us from that truth. So let us honor one another then, with the knowledge that we, are, we imperfectly belong to one another, and in this, grow and are shaped into a fuller life together. In this season of life, I find myself honoring my parents in new ways. We honor my dad's mom many years after her death by passing on her recipe for sugar cookies. We remember stories from visiting grandparents growing up and share funny memories of our childhood antics. I still call my parents for advice in part because they are wise and I still need them, and in part because it makes me feel connected when I am cooking or working on a project that they are with me even though we live in different states. We have opportunities each day to honor the life givers in our community. Who has helped you become who you are? Who gives you hope for the future? We are given an invitation in this commandment to see our relationships with one another in fresh eyes, emphasizing relationship that is reciprocal in its support, respect, and love for one another. May we extend this love to all in God's family, trusting that we are each a child of God, created, redeemed, 
and loved for who we are. Amen.